right, welcome into another edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. We're here on Extra Points Podcast Network, the NBA edition. Rob Parker here, Martin Weiss there. Martin Weiss, what's happening? How are you? I mean, outside of the fact that my allergies are killing me and the fact that I stopped waiting, I stopped betting on games in the morning and waited till tip-off, everything is fine. Uh, once I started waiting until tip-off, and I would all these phantom injury reports, guys going from doubtful to active, from questionable to out, I don't deal with it anymore. I just wait until one minute beforehand, and I press bet, and it's been working out miraculously for me the last few days. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm happy about that. Well, we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk with one of the best in the business, Sean Powell, who is uh, at NBA.com. We used to be colleagues at Newsday in New York. He's worked all over the country, been covering the NBA for 30-plus years. We'll do that. Also, uh, Martin and I will debate some other NBA topics. And, of course, we'll have a couple of uh, uh, bets for you and some games that maybe you can make a little cheddar. So we'll do that. But first, let's welcome in a friend of mine, a guy I've known a long time, who's one of the best in the business, he is Sean Powell from NBA.com and NBA TV. What's up, Sean? Welcome to the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. Well, you couldn't have named it any better, my man. You're making me hungry and everything. And not only that, you're sitting in your kitchen, your dining room. Hey, let's do this. How's everybody doing? All right? Doing well. Great. And, let, and Sean, let's just get started right here. Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns. They made the, got their first playoff spot in 20 years. And a lot of people have poo-pooed them for most of the season. But are they legitimate threats to the Clippers and the Lakers in the West? I really think it's going to come down to matchups. Um, I'm not going to poo-poo them. Uh, you, you don't get to first place by mistake. And particularly, you don't get to first play, place in a competitive West by mistake. Although, I will say that I think their fight for first place would have been a little bit harder if LeBron James was healthy, if Kawhi Leonard played every game, every game. So, and again, I just want to put it in context, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not doubting the Suns. I'm not hating on the Suns, but they had no injuries this year. They don't rest players. Uh, Chris Paul is showing up every night. Uh, I mean, and you've got a young core that's finally showing some growth. So uh, look, I mean, it's easy to dismiss them because they don't have playoff experience. And I can certainly understand that. Chris Paul is really the only, the only player in that nucleus with any deep playoff runs, and he's never been to the NBA Finals. That's one strike against him. Uh, so I think if the matchups fall right, we have to see where the Lakers are, whether they're a better team this year with this new version of the team than last year, we have to see if the Clippers learned their lesson. Uh, but other than those two teams, uh, I would probably say Phoenix is probably the favorite to come out of the West. So even Utah, I want to follow up, Martin. Even Utah, you don't have – I mean, Utah is ahead of them by one game in the West, but you don't even think the Jazz have a legitimate shot at any kind of run? Well, uh, well, yeah, in a sense, yes. But the one thing about the Jazz is – they're one trick pony. They're all three point shooting. And that's it. I mean, now look, they've got about five guys who can shoot maybe 30, 37, 38% and higher. So yeah, that one thing they do, they do it very well, probably better than anybody else in the NBA. Although the Clippers three point shooting is also very good, 
but they have the one superstar they revolve around and he's not an efficient shooter. He's good, good player. He's going to, you saw him last year in a bubble. I mean, and those, and, and, and that duel with Jamal Murray of the Nuggets in the playoffs, you know, that was tremendous. Uh, but he's really their only superstar. And if those three-point shots aren't falling, then – and it, obviously in the playoffs where it's more condensed, all of a sudden you're playing one team in a series, you're not bouncing around, the scouting reports are all there, they learn you, you learn them. I would probably say of all the teams in the West, of the four teams, the two L.A. teams, Phoenix and Utah, Utah is probably the most vulnerable. So you just talked about the L.A. team, the Lakers, right, about they need LeBron back and kind of hard to gauge. Well, they lost last night to the Washington Wizards, right? And I'm trying to figure out because the Wizards have been balling. They got two all-stars and Russ and Brad. And, I mean, Russ is just – all he's doing is triple-double things and Bradley Bill scoring like 30 points a game, leading the NBA in scoring. Or if he's not in the top, he's right top two. Are the Wizards – or any Eastern Conference team that's in the play-in, are they any? Is there any competition that they have with the top of the top seeds? Like, do, does any Eastern Conference team have to worry in those top two seeds about any of the uh, bottom teams in the East? Yeah, I would say top three uh, uh, seeds. I would put Philadelphia, uh, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. I don't think they have anything to worry about in the first round. Uh, but with regards to the Wizards, I want to talk about Westbrook for a second and our perception of him. You know, the first year. He averaged a triple-double, people going crazy. He won MVP, all right? He, he had Oklahoma City. This was after they lost Kevin Durant and before they got Paul, uh, Paul George. And he led that team to 46 wins in the playoffs. And by the way, I wanna, that's important to note because I think Steph Curry is in a similar position. Again, a normal size point guard does you know, something very well. But with everything that Steph Curry's done this year, he may not even lead the Warriors to the playoffs. And you have to analyze that. Is that a strike against him? It's hard for normal size guards to do that. Allen Iverson did it. That's a strike, Sean. That is a strike if he can't, if he if can't he, get if the he, Warriors to the playoffs. It's a strike. Absolutely, Rob. You're, if you're talking about an MVP, MVP candidate and a guy who's done something extremely well, three-point shooting on an epic tear, but in the end, his team doesn't make the playoffs, what did it all mean? But anyway, getting back to Wester Westbrook. So the first year he does a triple-double, people go crazy, and he's MVP. The, the second year he does a triple-double, he's not even first-team All-NBA. This year he's averaging a triple-double, and looks like he's going to finish averaging a triple-double. He wasn't, he wasn't named an All-Star, and he probably won't make a single All-NBA team. What happened to our perception? What happened to our perception? Like Steph Curry? Steph Curry's been making three-point shots his entire career, and we're oohing all about him, right? Russell Westbrook has triple doubles. Like, I think this is the fourth time he's – third or fourth time he's done it. And people are like, ah, you know, whatever. So, Sean, you know what I think a lot of it has to do with was, you know, when he did it, and nobody had done it since Oscar Robertson, right? So, so I think that people were, like, so amazed because it had been 30 or 40 years in between somebody averaging a triple-double. And the other part why I think I mean, he should have won the MVP that year and people were so amazed is that OKC had a winning record when he got the triple-double, so it wasn't like he was just st padding stats and they didn't win games. And I think that's what made it. But as you know, once you start to see it and it just keeps happening, now he's playing in Washington. They've been behind the eight ball basically all year. They're not playing in any meaningful games. People will discount it. I, I know what you're saying, 
because we fell in love with it the first year, and now it doesn't seem to be as important. Does that make that's, sense? That's what I was about to say. Well, Rob, to, like, okay, so it's no one's done it since Russell Westbrook, though. Like, it's Oscar Robinson and Russell. The list is short. Like, I, 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 I don't think that, in my opinion, I had, I didn't think that Rush should have gotten the MVP that oh, year. Oh, yes, he should have. You couldn't be more wrong. Then, guy, then why? Guy then why? Then nobody. Then why is this a question right now? No, why is this a question know, right now? Because Russell Westbrook is doing the same thing nah, he was doing then. Nah, that's not true. That's why that's Sean not, has the question. No, but no, but that year, Martin, nobody had done it. The Big O had done it in the sixties. Are you kidding me? That nobody with all the great players, Sean, jump in. All the great players who played in the league and nobody could average a triple-double, that was MVP status that year. Yeah, and if we're saying that Russell Westbrook did it and we're getting tired of it, well, Steph Curry had the NBA record for three-point shooting. He's still doing it, and we're still impressed, though. And he's going to make yeah, probably the first team win the MVP. You think Steph's going to win the MVP, Sean? I don't. No, 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 not, not MVP. But with Russ, he can't even make an all. He can't get an All Star. Wait a minute, come on, Rob. He can't make the All Star team. He can't no, make I, the NBA. I'm with you. I'm with you, Sean. I'm with. I'm with you on this one. Like I, like I think that when we all saw it, we probably had a weight like a little bit too high of a, of of, a, uh, of an opinion of it. And then now we have too low of an opinion of, of Russ because I, I watched that whole game last night. And that dude, he impacts the game in ways that nobody else really does. Absolutely. It's like, and and, and all, I'm mean, saying is, and it, all I'm saying is we need to be consistent. If we thought he was the MVP the first time he did it, why can't he be in the MVP discussion or at least Sean, all NBA when he's doing it again? To your, to your argument, though, Michael Jordan didn't win the MVP. Tell me you covered Michael. I covered Michael. What year wasn't he the MVP in the NBA? Tell well, me what well, year. Because I, yeah. I don't know what you want. Yeah, well, I think that the apples to apples comparison with Michael Jordan would be LeBron James because he's clearly the best player. I also think they should rename award. It shouldn't be most valuable player. It should be most outstanding player. That way, you know that year who was the most outstanding player. Most valuable player is the same thing every year. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, you know, nothing changes as far as that's concerned. So I do think they need to change the award. And that way, voters, the people who decide these things, can have a much more clear definition of what they're doing and why they're doing it. Our guest on the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast is uh, Sean Powell from the NBA.com and uh, NBA TV. How about the Mavericks? They thumped the Warriors last night after struggling most of the month. Uh, which bottom half of the West teams uh, would you least want to play? Uh, is is it is it Dallas? Is that a team if you're the West that you would want to stay away from in the first round, or 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 which team is it? Well, again, I don't think any of the top three uh, teams have anything to worry about about these play-in teams. I mean, they're play-in teams for a reason. They're not that great. <laughs> they're not that consistent. Uh, I would say, right. obviously. Uh, I would say Dallas because of Luca. I mean, he is a superstar in this league. And every time, anytime you put a superstar in the playoff series, you have to be concerned. I mean, uh, look, look at the way he played in the bubble. Look at the shot he made against the Clippers. Yeah. Know that he is going to, you know, that's one player that you have to game plan against. But if I might just throw another team in there, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is now healthy and he's getting his legs under him. And 
look, they don't have a superstar, but I do think they have more upside than any of the other teams, more upside than San Antonio, more upside than Dallas. I think Dallas is about as good as it's going to get. You know, I mean, you know, Porzingis is is inconsistent. You've got Luka Doncic, but really you don't have really anybody else on that team who really scares you. But the, re- the thing about the Memphis Grizzlies is that you just don't know how much better they're, they're going to get. The ceiling is still a little bit high for them because they've missed Jaron Jackson Jr. all season. And I'd say about the Grizzlies, too, John Morant is the type of guy who plays his best in, like, high-pressure, high-leverage moments. When you go yeah. back to the game, that they the playing game in the bubble, I mean, I don't even think the stats counted because of some type of funny NBA counting numbers. When, but, like, he had his best game in the bubble in that elimination game and the only elimination game in the NBA he's played in, right? Like, that was uh, I, that was impressive to me. Yeah, and, and also, Rob and Martin, the, the, the one team that we're not talking about is New Orleans Pelicans. I think they're one of the most disappointing teams in the NBA. I'm I mean, with you, can, Sean, and there's yeah, no way they could be this bad. I'm, I'm with you. How can you have Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, you know, two of the most explosive young players in the NBA? They're very tough to guard. And why are you like on the outside looking in of a play-in situation, not the playoffs, a play-in situation? I, I, for for me, I can, I just can't understand it. Uh, I'm looking at all the teams in the NBA and the East and West, and I dare anyone to come up with a more disappointing team this season than New Orleans Pelicans. No doubt about it. A uh, team that people are uh, uh, going crazy about in New York. The Knicks have been down for a long time. We all know that. People didn't expect them to be. Uh, they jumped up over the Hawks. They're now in the fourth position in the Eastern Conference. Sean, is this – I look at the East. Is this an aberration because there's some teams in the East that normally have been better. Toronto fell off the map. A uh, um, couple other teams that I thought would be better aren't. Or is it just that the Knicks got Julius Randle playing to his potential and they got something really there? Because I, I didn't think much of this team. I'm not saying I didn't think they could you know, sneak into the playoffs. But to be a four seed in the East, I'm surprised by it. Well, it is a little bit of an aberration because the Miami Heat is, is, again, probably the number two most the other one, right? And also the Atlanta Hawks, before – uh, they brought in Nate McMillan. They were slumping. They had injuries and things like that. So I also think that they would have been better than the Knicks. They probably are. I mean, the standings are right there. The other thing with the Knicks is it's all about perception. People in New York are so desperate, so desperate for the Knicks to be good that as soon as this team is just, you know, four or five games over 500, you know, they think they got the Knicks for Patrick Ewing and, and right. John Sparks and whatever. So it's really, you know how it is, Rob, in New York. Everything's larger than life and people you make more together. And we know how we play, right? Absolutely. But I will say this with the Knicks. The other thing with the Knicks is this stretch where they won nine out of ten. I mean, they, they've had some luck. Lakers without um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, you know, you the, 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 Trey Young gets hurt, you know, when they're playing Atlanta Hawks and he can't play in a game that went into overtime. Uh, Zach Levine uh, out for the uh, Chicago Bulls. And I will say that... The, this stretch that they have coming up, well, they have to go west. They have to play both L.A. teams. They got to play the Phoenix Suns. I believe they have to play the Utah Jazz. All of a sudden, we will find out how good they truly are and based on how well they emerge from this stretch. I will say that what the Knicks have done this year has been incredibly surprising because I feel like every move they made in the offseason got laughed at. Like They signed like eight power forwards. 
They got timid, like, like, and, and people, I remember people when they got Worldwide West, people were like, Worldwide West hasn't been popular in like 10 years. But I think another team that is contending for most disappointing is the Boston Celtics. And like, and I don't, they have, this is, essentially feels like the same team that Jason Tatum had when they dunked on LeBron and then didn't score again for four more minutes in the East, in game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And I just can't, understand why this team like what is wrong with the Celtics because I think I can't figure it out well well, the one thing is that you know and as much as I like him as a player and as as a person by the way Kemba Walker has been a step down from Kyrie Irving ever since they made that swap of point guards you know he's he he's not a headache in the locker room everybody loves him and everything like that yeah let's let's be clear Kyrie Irving is a better player uh so yeah uh, but the other thing is, yeah, they've had some injuries and everything, but, you know, that's really excuse making. I agree with you, Martin. I mean, they would probably n- number three on my most disappointing list. The strangest thing about the East and where they are, if the Celtics go like on a four game winning streak, and I'm not going to put that beyond them, they go on a four game winning streak. All of a sudden they'll wake up one one morning and they're in fourth place in the East. So, you know, any kind of slippage one way, if you go on a, like a losing streak or if you go on a winning streak, that can dictate where you are from one week to the next in the East. Because after that top three, you know, you've got another six, seven teams that are just separated by a whisker. All right. His name is Sean Powell. Sean, we appreciate you, all your knowledge. How long have you been covering the NBA now? When I met you, I, I, I know you worked at the Dallas Times-Herald. But I think you were in Miami covering the Heat, and I was covering the New Jersey Nets. I think that's when we kind of first met, correct? Yeah, I've I've been covering the NBA long enough to where, you know, I've seen the sons of the players who I covered. So, you know, Dale Curry and Steph Curry. When you start talking about, hey, man, I got in my notepad quotes from Dale Curry when he played, and I got quotes from Steph Curry, then you know you've been around a little too long. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, we appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll uh, keep reading your stuff on NBA.com and see you on uh, NBA TV. Anytime, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, football fans. The 2021 draft is right around the corner, and FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking up new users with 20 to 1 odds on Trevor Lawrence to be drafted number one. That's crazy. Okay, because let me tell you what that means. That means a $5 bet will win you $100 when you bet on the projected number one pick. It's the biggest lock of the draft, so put an extra 100 in your pocket just for betting it. To claim this exclusive offer, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code LP3. If you don't like that bet, another bet that you can take, I like quarterbacks taken in the first round under five and a half. I don't think we're going to see too many crazy surprises tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if there's only four quarterbacks taken in the first round. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I think that is a great one right now. So put your GM hat on and download the FanDuel Sportsbook to lock in your picks today. Remember, sign up using promo code LP3 to claim your exclusive 20 to 1 odds on Trevor Lawrence to be drafted number one. I mean, 20 to 1 at that point, they're giving it away. FanDuel Sportsbook, LP3. Now it's time for debatable, which is the only word used to describe the column that you came out with saying that Kyrie Irving is the Brooklyn Nets MVP, because I think debatable is probably the nicest way to describe it. But I will give you the opportunity in this moment to defend yourself, because that's, I mean, the floor is yours, Mr. Parker. It was a Pulitzer Prize winning column on Deadspin.com. And Kyrie has been, I know people are so caught up on his sabbaticals. 
and games he's missed, this guy has balled out. And despite all the injuries and Harden being out and, and KD being out, the Nets keep winning. And the one constant is Kyrie. He's playing as well as he's ever played in his NBA career, shooting over 50% from the field, 93% from the free throw line. Kyrie Irving is the Nets MVP. It can't be Durant, he's missed too many games. It can't be James Harden, he's missed too many games. James Harden out, they're still winning. KD out, they're still winning. And you know who the constant guy is? It's Kyrie. You just heard Sean Powell talk about it. The reason the Celtics aren't the same team, everybody thought it was going to be addition by subtraction without Kyrie. And you know what? They're wrong. Kyrie is a baller, a shot caller, a game changer. Did you did you get all that out of your system yet? Are you feeling okay? Yes. Because I think you need to sit back, put your feet up, and have a cigarette after that. Because that's, I mean, that's absolutely, I mean, First of all, how can you say the only consistent one is Kyrie Irving? Kyrie is the only consistently inconsistent one. James Harden is hurt. Kevin Durant is coming back from injury. Kyrie might just not show up today. Like, I mean, there's like, it, like, okay, the first one, that's one thing. But then the second and third time, I was like, all right, bro, what, what's really going on here? Like, how can you say that Kyrie is the consistent one when Kyrie is the one that is the only one who has, you know, quote unquote, called out sick on the team right i mean that's what's one thing that's the first and the second thing the nets got better when Kyrie said no you know what james harden you need to take control of this team i would rather ride in the passenger seat that's the way for us to win and i get that james harden has been hurt so i guess maybe in the grand scheme of things Kyrie's declaration of James Harden wasn't the way to win. The way to win, apparently, for the Brooklyn Nets, since they can't lose a damn game, is to continue to just run one or two stars out there every other night. Because if they get all three, who knows what could happen? Maybe that's the maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's when they'll start to lose. I don't know what's going to happen because every time I'm sitting up here thinking the Nets are going to fall off, they just don't. However, the idea that Kyrie Irving is the MVP of this team is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, realistically, it's not it's not any of the three. It's probably like Bruce Brown. All right, now you're now it's a stretch. All I'm saying is, even when Kevin Durant had the, the th- uh, thigh bruise, you thought I looked at the schedule. I said, "Oh, they'll lose these games or whatever." No, they kept winning. And my point is that big game against the Sun. Ky- Kyrie had 34 points in that game against the Suns. I know KD had 33. But it was impressive to me in a big game. It was a litmus test for the Nets, and they passed. All right, let's go. Next topic. The idea, Kyrie. All right, let's talk about it. We want to talk about an MVP. How about a real MVP? Because Nikola Jokic for the Denver Nuggets is the MVP of the NBA this year. Period. Stop. I don't want. There's really no argument, but I'm sure that you'll find one because you just made what you thought was a compelling argument. Just now. So, like, if, if you have any disagreement with that, I don't really know what to tell He's going to win it because, of obviously, uh, some of the other players have all been out with injury, but he's played very well. Uh, Murray went out. They thought that uh, the team would stop winning or they would struggle, and they haven't. Uh, he has been – his PER is best in the NBA. So, this hard to make – and he's played every game. So, what is the argument against him? I don't think anybody can make a compelling argument. For once, Martin Weiss, I'm agreeing with you. 
yes, sir, yes way, Jokic is the MVP. Write it down. Thursday, April 29th. Rob Parker was right. Finally, because he agreed with me. I, I hope you feel good about this. I hope you uh, take it take it in. You know, open the window, get some fresh air, because I know you, you might be a little knocked off your center for finally having an NBA opinion that makes sense and is lined up. So last night, Rob, in D.C., the Los Angeles Lakers choked away another game. Anthony Davis is back. They're now 8-12 and 12 in the 20 games without LeBron James. However, I did see last night with about seven seconds left in the game, LeBron walking very feverishly up the ramp. He's coming back soon, hopefully. Reports said that he should be back. Early in this week, reports said he would be back this week. This week is almost over. He is not yet back. We'll see how that progresses. But, I mean, at this point in time, it's getting it's getting to nut cutting time in the level of like you know it's going to be all right when LeBron gets back when LeBron gets back when LeBron gets back and so I'm a little concerned. I'm with you. I don't think that it's that easy. I know people just want to say, well, they won last year, they're going to win this year. I'm not so sure that this team is as good as the team that was there a year ago. I'm not so sure that the competition uh, isn't stronger this year than it was a year ago when they won in the West. So I look at this team, Phoenix, and I look at Utah. The Clippers are better. I'm just looking at these teams going, it, it ain't getting any easier. So I, I'm with you. I, if you're a Lakers fan, you should be concerned. You got to wait to see what LeBron is. This is year 18. Um, you know, how he responds. And let's be honest, LeBron has been hurt two of the three years that he's been in L.A. So we'll see how he bounces back. And he hasn't played for a long time. I'm not that confident with the Lakers team. I, I do have a slight bit of conspiracy theory when it comes to this NBA season. I'm not trying to say that anybody is milking an injury or not playing in my, or whatever, but I, I can't help but feel that if this was round one of the playoffs, that LeBron James would be locked in and balling right now. Like I, I, I just, and I feel like so many of these guys, these hamstring, these soft tissue injuries, I feel like it's kind of like designed rest or like this uh, uh, no, right. I, I agree with that, that, that they look at it. I think that uh, I think Kevin Durant could have been back a lot earlier, you know, but, yeah. but you're winning and you're saying, why would we rush him back? It's not, if they were losing Martin, I believe you. I think that he would have been back sooner, but they were winning. They, they won on an unbelievable clip. They won 22 out of 25 without him. And so, so that's part of where my Lakers concern is because the Lakers are now four games under 500 without LeBron. So I'm getting a little like, you know, hey, guys, I get that. Hey, seating doesn't matter. But like after a while, seating matters. Like you want to play the worst. You would like to play teams that get, you know, progressively you know, better as you go. Away. You want to play the worst teams early. Right. That's that's the whole point of the regular season. So. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a little concerned at this point about the Lakers, especially with Kevin Durant coming back and just seemingly not missing an offensive step at all. Like that dude, he's playing video games where everybody else is, you know, trying hard. It doesn't make any sense. All right, Rob, let's try to make the people some money. So the best way to do this, just in case you're the first time hearing the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, NBA edition, is to take what I say as gospel. And what Rob says, and do the exact opposite, and that's, I mean, you can pay college tuition that way. All right? So, with that being said, let's get started. The Brooklyn Nets are traveling to the Indiana Pacers. They are four-and-a-half-point favorites. 
And Rob's Brooklyn MVP, Mr. Consistency, Kyrie Irving, is not playing tonight. Go figure. Rob, who are you like in this game? I still like the Nets in this game. And I'm sorry, I'm out on Indiana. Uh, they just haven't been good defensively. 24th in the last month defensively. Uh, even without Kyrie, four and a half. This is like giving money away. I still, I would take Kevin Durant any day uh, with that bench, with that team. Also, the Pacers are terrible. They can't score points in the paint. So I got a couple things here. I like the Nets minus four and a half in this game. And they've won four straight as road favorites. So I love this pick. I'm taking the Nets minus four and a half. I'm taking the Pacers minus four and a half because I listened to the first half of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast in which Rob Parker told me that Kyrie Irving, the MVP of the Brooklyn Nets, he's not playing. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Pacers. But no, seriously, though, I am going with the Pacers because I, I looked at that game earlier today about going, like, picking a side in that one. And when I saw the Nets with those four, and I, like, I saw all the trends were facing Nets. KD's back for the Nets. Like, it may be – this is probably going to be a pick that at halftime I'm like, what was I thinking? But I'm going with the Pacers, and I'm going against the public on this one. I'm fading the public. I'm fading Vegas. I'm fading you, Rob Parker. I'm going with the Indiana Pacers. You will regret this and go, what was I thinking? Watch. You will say that. This is why you've had this bad losing streak going on, but that's another story. Go ahead. Well, I'll have you know the losing streak is over. Two and one on the week so far with a one pending. I have you know that right now, pal. The losing streak, done. Benito, I'm heating back up. Okay, and actually, we'll go to the one that I gave out tonight. The Golden State Warriors are going to Minneapolis to play the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are four-point favorites right now. Rob, who are you taking in this game? I'm taking the Warriors. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Uh, Minnesota, another terrible team. Uh, Warriors are 4-1 against the spread in the last five games against Minnesota. And, and the other one, too, is interesting, is uh, the Warriors in this game, the number for under. I like that as well, Martin. Uh, so I, I like the Warriors all the way. If I'm going to bet this, I'm just going to take the Warriors minus the points uh, against the Timberwolves. And uh, that's my pick. What about you? Where have you been for the last 45 minutes? Where were you? Did you not hear the interview that we just did with Sean Powell in which he talked about how the Golden State Warriors are fighting for a play-in spot? You know who's also not good? Them. They stink. They're a bad team. The last time I saw Golden State, Dallas literally went on a 25 to nothing run in the first quarter, Rob. In the first quarter. They, they gave and, up like 30-something points in the first quarter. And Minnesota's no. a good team? Okay. No, but both, both of these teams stink. However, Minnesota... Minnesota, I'll have you know, they're playing for something. Not anything that matters in the grand scheme of the rate of the of the um, standings and so on and so forth. But the Timberwolves have been out coming out playing hard. Chris Finch came out a couple days ago. I know it came out in the Minnesota news, so I must have missed you. But Chris Finch said, "We're not tanking. We're trying to win. They're trying to push for Anthony Edwards to be the Rookie of the Year and see if they can do something with this D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns." Anthony Edwards' core that they finally have together for the last 15 games of the year. I made my video about this game. Timberwolves plus four. Another bad pick by you. All right. I want to know how many Timberwolves games you've watched all year. Hmm. I don't need to watch them. I know they're bad. I can smell the games. I don't need to watch them. 
Finally, the most disappointing team in the NBA, according to Sean Powell and you, the New Orleans Pelicans travel to probably the worst team in the NBA, the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is a big line, Rob. It's Oklahoma City plus nine right now. Which side of this are you going to take? I'm just, the Pelicans have been embarrassing all year. They, they're way more talented than they should be, and they should be in the playoff hunt, and OKC is bad. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to go with a double-digit win for the Pelicans, that they just beat up on them and that they will uh, win this game. I'm going, with, uh, I'm going with Zion and the Pelicans in this game. i tell you this. Earlier this week I was doing a show, and I was making incredible fun of the Oklahoma City Thunder and they came out and beat the Boston Celtics. I don't think that Oklahoma City is any good. I think they're absolutely terrible. I think they have four NBA players, and the rest of them are G League, two-way type guys. But I'm taking the Oklahoma City plus nine right now because New Orleans shouldn't be favored by nine against anybody. I can't imagine. That that, that line makes no sense. So I'm going to go ahead and take Oklahoma City plus nine, lock it in. Rob, what is your lemon pepper parlay? My lemon pepper parlay for this week, our NBA edition, of course. I'm going with the Nets, minus four and a half. Even without Kyrie, I love Kevin Durant and how he's playing like he was never injured. And I'm going to take the Warriors, four and one against the spread in the last five games against the Timberwolves. The Warriors were embarrassed. They'll play for some pride. This is a championship team that has players that won three championships. They will bounce back from the embarrassment. So I love that. Nets minus four and a half, and I'm taking the Warriors as well. Book it. I love how you say the Warriors have players that have won championships. The Warriors have currently, like, what, two players that are active that have have won championships, and one of them don't even shoot the ball. So for my lemon pepper parlay, I'm going to have some fun with this one. All right. You got the Minnesota Golden State game. This is the draft day revenge game, right? Andrew Wiggins. D'Angelo Russell revenge game. I'm going with D'Angelo Russell over points. Andrew Wiggins under rebounds and assists. Okay. And Minnesota plus four. Two on that one. I got a stomachache from hearing that. There's no way you're going to hit on that at all. But anyway, you want to go out there. Hey, hey, like FanDuel, tweet my video out after it hits the same way y'all tweet out all of those little $5. Uh, $5 parlays that turned into amazing, you know, $15,000 because Rob Parker right here, he, I want the egg on his face. I want him to see. It. I want I want the world to see. Watch. We Watch when this we, shall, we shall see. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the uh, Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, the NBA edition, Rob Parker, Martin Weiss. Make sure you subscribe, you listen, you share with your friends. Uh, join us. Great having Sean Powell from NBA.com this week, and uh, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week.